Well, good morning, church. Today is a good day. Every Sunday is a good day. Actually, every day is a good day when Jesus is in your life. Okay. <laughs> but today is a special day because uh, it is our baptism service. I always love our baptism services. And it's just a wonderful opportunity. I don't know about anybody else, but every time we have a baptism service, I wish I could get baptized all over again. And it's because the more you see of them, the more you understand the depth of the meaning and the change that it will make in your life. And you're thinking, I didn't even understand all that the first time. I wish I could do it all over again. But we get to witness it. And so we get to kind of go through it with the people. And we have our baptism tank already. The water has been warming overnight. And there, there's no excuses about I don't like cold water. And maybe you're here today and you have not yet made a decision that you want to be baptized today. We already know a few names of people who have already made the decision but in a little while, Pastor Jackson is going to come up and he's going to share a fantastic message about baptism and the meaning of baptism. And then he's going to, at the end of that, he's going to invite everybody who wants to be baptized to come down the front here. All of the people who have already told us your names in advance, you will come down the front. But I believe that there are going to be people here today, like there is every baptism service there are people who like leave it to the very last minute to make that decision. They sit through the service, they listen to the message, and then they think, I should really do it. But I didn't bring a change of clothes. Do not fear. We anticipated that you didn't bring a change of clothes, and we brought a change of clothes for you. Okay? So... If you make the last minute decision to get baptized today, maybe you're going to even make the last minute decision to put your faith in Jesus Christ and get baptized today. Then out there in the foyer, you will see that we, if, when you came in, we have boxes of shorts and t-shirts and all different clothes and towels and we can equip you with what you need to get into the baptism tank. There, you, there'll be time for you to get changed and so on. So if Pastor Jackson is unusually anointed today, and if his words pierce to your heart, and you think, I need to get baptized, when he gives that call at the end, even though you've not told us your name in advance, you come down the front with the rest of the people. He will say a special prayer for all of you. You will all go out. You will pick up your change of clothes and your towels. You'll go and get changed. And then we will do the baptisms here. As people get baptized in water, as we Dunk, dunk you, that seems to be the word for today, as we dunk you under the water and then lay hands upon you and pray for God to fill you with his love and his power and his presence, it is going to be a brand new start for so many of us here today. So we thank God for everything. I believe today souls are going to find Jesus Christ and Christians are going to make a decision to follow him in the waters of baptism. Anyway, what I really got up to do was to, to welcome everybody. 
and to say to you, let's take one minute to say hi, to go and introduce yourself to somebody that you don't know, and uh, shake a few hands, hug a couple of people. Let's welcome one another right now. Come on, church, let's do that. Welcome to Gateway. We're so glad that you're here. Have you been coming to Gateway for a while, or maybe you're new here and you're looking for more information about Gateway or the next steps that are available? There's a Connect card on your seat that you can fill out and either drop in the offering bucket or bring to the info desk after the service, where a friendly face would love to help you with any questions you might have. And as a treat, you get a specialty drink and treat on us. Added bonus, if you head out there today, you'll get an event card with all of the information upcoming at Gateway. The ushers will now be coming forward for today's tithes and offerings. If you wish to partner with us in our mission and visions to see lives change, there's three easy ways for you to give. You can use the offering envelope on your seat for cash or check. There's a debit machine outside in the foyer. And on my left here, you'll see easy ways to text and online give. Do you serve on a team or are you looking to see what teams are all about? We have a great night coming up for you called Equipped. It's all about food and fellowship, learning, practical training, and future vision sharing. Come on out, spend some time with us, and see what it's like to have an opportunity to be part of a team at Gateway. Head to www.mygac.info for more information. Our next Women's Encounter Night is on September 26th at 6.30 p.m. here at Gateway. Maybe you're new to the church and you want to meet some new women or you want to plug into a community or you want to be able to be inspired and encounter God in a new and fresh way. Well, this is your opportunity, so come on out. Head to the info desk after the service or go to mygac.info to get more information and sign up today. Are you in grades 10 to 12? Are you looking for a group of friends where you can laugh, learn, be yourself with, and just generally have an awesome time? then Accelerate Youth House Parties are for you. They're the exclusive event for grades 10 to 12 where you can hang out with friends, encounter God, encounter life, learn awesome things, laugh till your belly hurts, and make lifelong friendships. If that interests you at all, head over to our website at www.accelerate.ac slash houseparties to figure out a time and party that works best for you. See you there. That's all for Church News this week. Gateway Kids are now dismissed. 
If you're a grade six student, you're invited to join us for worship. When worship is over, head to the back doors of the auditorium where your leader will be waiting for you. And as always, to stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Good morning, church. How are we today? About half of you are awake. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for water baptism. Always a highlight. I have 29 minutes and 42 seconds. I want to talk this morning on the subject, what's stopping you? Why don't you just look at someone and say, what's stopping you? Come on, you can do better than that. If you didn't do that um, when I told you to do it, um, we were actually keeping track and uh, just kidding. Let's look at this scripture. Uh, Acts chapter 8 says this, as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah and the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and he heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah and Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? And the man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture that he had, he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet speaking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop. They went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. So this eunuch, can you imagine what it would be like? So what is a eunuch? Well, if you don't know, since the children are not in the service... These were, 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 were males who were used in, as servants. Now, now, back in biblical times, it was common to have numerous wives. If you were a king, it was common that you would have a harem of women. And so a lot of times what they would do is they would take men and they would castrate them so that they, you can imagine why. They're not going to give any trouble. They're not going to get involved with any women or anything like that. And so this is what this guy was. Now, now... Candace, or Candace, it says, was just a title of a queen. So this guy has traveled over 4,000 kilometers from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to worship. Now here's a crazy thing about it. In Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 1, it says this, if a man's testicles are crushed or his penis is cut off, 
he may be, uh, sorry, he may not be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. So, so something I, I want to point this out. So this man has traveled all this way. Some have speculated, well, was he even actually allowed to go into the temple to worship? Because he was emasculated. Imagine what kind of a self-image this guy had. Now forever, he's just called the eunuch. He's identified by one part of him, by his, uh, his, his sexual organ. And, 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 and the temple in Deuteronomy is like, those people aren't even allowed to come. So he's made this journey. Later on though, Isaiah 56 verses one to eight, this is the passage that Jesus quoted when he cleansed the temple. Now my understanding of Jesus cleansing the temple was not that he was mad because they were buying and selling, it was that they were buying and selling in the court of the Gentiles. Because Jesus said, this is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. So Isaiah picks up this, there's this thing in the Bible called progressive revelation. And even though in Deuteronomy it's like you're not allowed in the temple because you're this way, later on Isaiah picks, picked this up and he says, um, be, be just and fair to all, what, do, do what is right and good for I'm coming to you soon to rescue you, to, to display my righteousness among you. Blessed are those who are careful to do this. And he goes on and then he says, don't let foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord say, the Lord will never let me be part of his people. That was revolutionary. Foreigners, he's saying, because, um, and don't let the eunuchs say, I'm a dried up tree with no children and no future. For this is what the Lord says, I will bless eunuchs who keep my Sabbath days. And, and he goes on, so there's an admittance. So I want to ask you a question this morning. I want to ask you this, so, so Philip, or sorry, this Ethiopian eunuch, which through church history, we know actually what his name was. His name was Simeon Bacchus. And he, 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 he is on this faith journey. He is not a Jew. He's reading and he's on his way home from making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And, and he's like, well, what's, what's this Bible verse about? And Philip begins to explain to him. He was, he was, he is reading about Jesus. He, Jesus was the one who was led like a sheep to the slaughter. Jesus was the one. Why, why did Jesus come and die? Jesus came and died to show us what God is like. God is like Jesus. In this sense that God is so loving that, the, that they were, they're going to crucify him and he's saying, you know what? When you do whatever you want to do, persecute me, beat me, hang me, the only thing that I have coming out is love. And Jesus on the cross shows us what God is like. Where is God when terrible things happen? He's with the victim. He, he, the, so the theology of that is called cruciform, that in the cross we see what God is like, that he took the punishment for sin so that we would not have to bear it, and in that way um, he carried our sins. So, so this eunuch makes this comment, he says, well, there's water here, so why can't I be baptized? Like, what's the, my, I just changed it, I said, well, what's stopping me? In the King James it says, what hindereth me? <laughs> He's like, what's stopping me? There is something in him. And you notice that he didn't take a bunch of Sunday school classes. He was just, he was on a journey. And when the way was properly explained to him, that listen, you don't have to wait till tomorrow to have a fresh start. You don't have to wait until you have all the T's crossed and the I's dotted to take a step of obedience. 
You don't have to have it all figured out. You, you don't need to wait. Today, you can have a fresh start. And this eunuch, he gets this understanding of this, and he says, listen, if this is what it's about, if it means that I can, you know, Jesus used the terminology born again. Do you know what that means? It means to go back and take it from the beginning, to look at life from a different perspective, to go back and say, yeah, I, yeah, I know I can't actually go back in my mother's womb. Even the mental picture of that is super weird. Um, <laughs> but, but you can, today, you can take it from the top and start afresh and anew. So why can't I, amen, yeah. So what's stopping you? Uh, what's stopping you? So, so this eunuch says, Philip says, if you believe with all your heart, and the eunuch said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Listen, I don't know if you signed up to get water baptized this morning or not, but maybe as we're talking about this and as Pastor Martin mentioned it, you think, you know, maybe it is time that you take a step of obedience. What is water baptism? It is an outward sign of an inward work. It's going public with Jesus and saying, yeah, my old man, the, that old person, you go down into the water, it's a picture of identifying with Jesus in his death and his burial and his resurrection. So when you go down into that water, and I've baptized, I don't know how many people in my 10 or so years of ministry, and every time, dunk them down under that water, and a look of death just washes over their face, and then they come up into newness of life. It's identifying with Jesus, that as we identify that Christ was crucified and buried, just like that old man, you go down into that water and you come up like a resurrected new person. Let me ask you a question, what's stopping you? What's stopping you this morning then from just deciding that you're gonna forgive someone who's offended you? What's, what's What's stopping you from just making the decision that you know what, no matter what punches life throws at you, <laughs> that, that you're gonna roll with it and you're just gonna decide that you're gonna be a happy person regardless. <laughs> What's stopping you? Maybe, you can clap if you want. <laughs> you guys are excited. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're afraid. So I'm talking generally what's stopping you. One, I'm using the metaphor like for water baptism. What about what's holding you back? Maybe you've been attending, coming to church here and there, but you've never really said, yeah, you know what? Lord Jesus, I'm really gonna make you Lord of my life. Not, you know, dilly-dally, not sitting on the fence. Man, maybe, maybe one day I'll make a decision. But, 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 but what's stopping you from making a decision this morning? To say, yeah, Lord Jesus, you're going to be Lord of my life, and that's going to affect how I live. It's going to affect my relationships. It's going to affect how I relate to other people and how I relate to my world. What's stopping you? Maybe this morning you're afraid. Maybe, maybe you live with that fear of failure, and you think, well, I can't possibly go and get water baptized, because what if I try, and then I fail, and what if people, you know, it comes out, well, so-and-so's a Christian, and, and people are going to think that I'm a hypocrite. Listen to me, if you, if you, if you are just living with the fear of that, it's just fear that the old acrostic false evidence appearing real. Listen, if the devil can keep you quiet and keep you on the fence, that's exactly where he wants you. Because he knows that if you get on fire for God, you're going to change your world. 
Do you ever hear of a guy by the name of Theodore Geisel? His first book was rejected by 27 different publishers, but he went on choosing, choosing sorry, to be patient, and um, he was persistent. He went on to sell over 600 million copies of his books. You might know him better by the name Dr. Seuss. Did you hear this guy, this young actor named Harry, I call him? The first time that he was in a small movie role, he was taken. The executive director took him to his office and said to him, you're wasting your time trying to make movies. You're never going to make it as an actor. Try something else. You know what? He persisted in his acting career. You probably know him better today by his full name, which is Harrison Ford. Did you know that Oprah Winfrey was publicly fired from her first television job as an anchor in Baltimore? Do you know why she was let go? She was fired for this reason. Um, she, was, she got too emotionally invested, <clears throat> too emotionally invested in, her, in the stories. Did you know that Walt Disney was fired from the Kansas City Star because his editor felt that he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. <laughs> so what's stopping you from trying something new? I got a couple more. Um, Vincent Van Gogh, did you know this about Vincent Van Gogh? That he sold only one painting, you remember who he was, the dude that cut off his ear? He was a little nuts. <laughs> he only sold one painting in his lifetime. And the sale was just a few months before his death. So I Googled it. So do you want to know how much a Van Gogh painting is worth today? For a man that lived his whole life wanting to be an artist and only sold one painting, I bet you he felt like a failure when he died. I Googled it. In 1990, one of his paintings sold for $82.5 million. So what's stopping you? Nelson Mandela, I love this quote. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. Um, it's the ability to live with the threat of failure that causes people to go into greatness. What is it that that young lovers are before the wedding, you, you're like, oh my God, what if my parents were divorced, my grandparents were divorced, what if I get married and I get a divorce, and so you stay in that prison of fear? And, and it's just that, you know, <clears throat> the only thing that you can do to get out of the prison of fear is to just start walking forward. What's stopping you this morning? What's stopping you? It's the ability to live with the threat of failure that that will cause you to live life taking on the new challenges and stepping into faith and having a tenacity to continue when the odds are stacked against you. Maybe this morning, the thing that's holding you back is that you're just convinced that, that, that God is just an angry God and you're kind of interested, but you don't know how much you, you want to commit. And, and a lot of times, I, I find this with Christians. It's probably all kinds of, but you know, a lot of times what we do is we build a list in our mind. We think, okay, if I do this, 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 and this, then I know that God will be happy with me. 
And we have this kind of a weird, as if he doesn't know the end from the beginning. As if God, as if God does not know exactly what we're made of. You know, the psalmist said, you, you, you know me, you knit me together in my mother's womb. God knows you. He knows all about your mistakes. He knows about your trials. He knows about your failures. And I want to tell you something. Do you know what his reaction is? He loves you. God does not love some perfected version of you. He does not love the future you when you really have it together. My son was talking about to me the other day. He was saying, I don't know what the future me is going to be like, but... Like the me that used to be and the me that is are so different. You know, God, God's not in love with some version of you where if you have it all together and you think, okay, now God will love me. Listen to me, if you live your life like that, constantly comparing yourself to a list and looking at it and going, okay, if I do these things, then I know God will love you. You know what I find most people do? They have this list of things that they think they should be. And then they have like a beating stick and they look at that list and, and they look at it and they think, I didn't do it. And then they beat themselves and then we're so, you'd be so hard on yourself. And you know what? I, I just get rid of the stupid list and drop the stick and let God love you. Because that's, yeah, that's the thing that's, <clears throat> that's the thing that's really going to change your life. Just allow God to just love you right where you are. You say, yeah, but I've got this struggle. I've got this sin pattern. I've got this going on. You don't know what I've been through. Listen to me. God wants to come and cut through all of the anxiety and the fear and the junk in your trunk <laughs> or in your life and just love you for you. So this eunuch, this Ethiopian eunuch, he's like, what is going to hinder me? What's stopping you this morning from walking out, what's stopping you from, one, from making a decision to serve Jesus with all of your life powers? What's stopping you from just becoming a fully devoted, committed follower? Is it fear? Is it just laziness? Is it, what, what is it? You know, um, so, so throw away the list, throw away the stick, and allow God's love to just change you and to transform you. I'll tell you a funny story. I was telling this. Did you ever notice how girls, imagine if guys greeted each other the way that girls greet each other. <laughs> oh my gosh! Ah! <laughs> like imagine, oh, I love your shirt. Oh, I love your shirt. Do you want to trade shirts? Like, let's go to the bathroom together. <laughs> <laughs> That has nothing to do with my message, but it's, <laughs> I was just thinking about it. And I was like, that, this last week, and I was like, I should. Anyway, so, so when I was water baptized, I was about, I think I was 12 or 13 years old. And in those days, we would, we would have a, um, a microphone, you know, by the, because you had to talk, you know. So the, the microphone would be by the water. And so the, the pastor said, whatever you do, when you get in that tank, do not touch the microphone, Right? <laughs> Because we didn't all want to die and go to heaven right then. We wanted, <laughs> right? Which incidentally, you would think the way some people acted that like God doesn't want you to enjoy your life at all. He just, you know, if God's purpose was not that you have a destiny or a, that you do something, then we would just hold people under the water. You know? <laughs> They're not going to be any more holy than they are right now. 
we'd probably be going to jail for that as well. But we would be perfect when we got to heaven. Anyway, when I was, when I got water baptized, I, so I got in the tank and you know, you have to give a testimony of, and so I was like, well, and I, so the first thing I do is I go up to grab the microphone and the one pastor grabbed my arm, twisted it behind my back He said, don't touch the microphone. Like, okay, I won't touch the microphone. Uh, Jesus loves me. Uh, You know, this guy's breaking my arm over here. Anyway, so I I got dunked, which seems to be the word of the day. And afterwards, so I had forgotten, if you're getting baptized, listen to me. I had forgotten to bring a change of underwear. And so rather than going commando, I just left my wet underwear on and put my dry pants over top of it. Well, you can imagine how that looked, right? <laughs> anyway, the reason I'm telling you that story is, it's okay, like, calm down, relax, all right? Have a little bit of fun. I think that the highest form of humor is the ability to laugh at one's self. Maybe you're afraid that that if you go to God and you ask him for mercy, that he's just like this stingy God who's like, well, I'll do it this time, but. You know how God's mercy works. I'm gonna throw that that quote up there by St. Isaac the Syrian. A lot of times I think that we think that when we come to God and ask him, Lord, forgive me, that God is just like a cheapskate. And we're like, if this is our lives, and it's like, Lord, I'm just, I'm, I'm in need of you. Look at this quote. This is in, this boggles my mind. That this, this, As a handful of sand thrown into the ocean, so are the sins of all flesh as compared with the mercy of God. Listen to me. You are not creative enough to have done anything that is outside of the boundaries of God's forgiveness. I don't care if you fall in five times, 10 times, 15, 20, 100 times. If you can look up, you can get up. And if you can get up, you can ask God for another chance. And And he is so faithful to do that. So maybe you look at your life like this. Lord God, I'm asking you for forgiveness. And somewhere God up in heaven, this is maybe what your view of God is, is your God, please forgive me. I ask you for mercy. There. Just a little bit. That's not how God's mercy works though. When you come to God and you say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, cleanse me. Listen to me this morning. You're you're listening to this. Your heart is beating and you're aware of God's presence. He's drawing you, I can tell, by his spirit right now. He's saying, son, daughter, I want you to come out of those grave cloths. Let him set you free today. What's stopping you from coming through the waters? What's hindering you? Let every excuse in the world disappear. Get rid of the list, get rid of the rod, and let God love you. See, the truth of the matter is, is that we come to God and we say, Lord, have mercy on me. He doesn't give you just a little trickle. He just fills your cup right up, full to overflowing. And you know what? 
I don't even think that's a very good illustration because it's more like this. Can I have the people who are getting baptized this morning who've signed up come down to the front? How about this? If you're here and you'd like to be water baptized, would you come down as well? Making a decision to make Jesus Lord. Now, if you'd like to get water baptized and you're like, no, not me, can't be me. Listen, if God is speaking to you, don't let it go another day. Don't let it go another minute. Don't let it go another hour. Make a decision today. What's stopping you? Walk out of your fear. Walk out of the oh, sense of the unknown and allow God to touch you and change you and transform you. Amen. Amen. Why don't you, if you're, anyone can still come as I'm praying. I'm going to pray this simple prayer with the, the baptismal candidates. And, if, and maybe if you have never made a decision that you're going to follow Jesus, that you're going to serve him. I would invite you to just join in on this prayer today. And if the Lord is speaking to you, I want to invite you to come. Come and get water baptized. Come and take, you know, a lot of times the thing that stops that, like, separation, the thing that cuts off that separation from the old you and the, like, you're like, I feel like, maybe if you feel like you have no traction and you're trying to change, but you're, I know you guys are here, I haven't um, you're, you're trying to change but you can't seem to water baptism is a powerful tool because never again you will look back on this day and say yeah that was the day that I decided in front of all those people I did, made a decision that I was going to publicly confess my faith in Jesus Christ will you bow your head and close your eyes pray this prayer after me say dear Jesus I come to you and I ask for your forgiveness Lord I ask you to wash me clean Wash away my shame. Wash away my guilt. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm sent. You guys are going to go out with Pastor Drake. The door there. Follow him. Anyone, last moment, if you want to get water baptized, don't miss your opportunity. Let's all stand together, church. Isn't it great to see people of all ages and backgrounds following Jesus and making the decision to get baptized today? Let's give them a big encouragement. While, while they're getting ready, we want to say a special prayer for them. Just before we do, Is there somebody suffering from regret right now that you didn't come down the front? You wish you did? Anybody else wanting to be baptized that hasn't made that decision yet? Come on down the front just now. Is there anyone? Give us a little wave before we say the prayer and say, yeah, I want in on this too. Okay, let's all close our eyes. Let's think of the, maybe, maybe you've got friends or family members that have come forward. You think of the people that you know. Hold them in your heart right now and in your mind. Let's bring all of these people before God in prayer. Lord, we pray 
for all of the people who are being baptized today. We ask that today would be a life transforming event for them. We pray, Lord, that this would not be just a religious ritual, but this would be a spiritual transformation that takes place in their lives. As they experience your forgiveness, your love, and your peace. And from this day on,